Welcome to the Crunch Time Instagram Live Podcast, hosted by me, Benjamin Bullock. This podcast features nothing but real talk analysis and conversations about sports, entertainment, news, and much more. Now, strap in and buckle your seatbelts because it's time for Crunch Time. What's cracking, y'all? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Happy Wednesday to y'all, uh, September the 9th, 2020. Uh, welcome to another episode of my Instagram Live Podcast entitled Crunch Time. I want to thank y'all for joining me on this wonderful evening. Hope all is well with you guys, wherever you are in, this, in the respectable world or wherever you're sitting at at home, whatever, whatever. I just want to thank you guys for joining in. On today's episode, I'm very excited about the NFL, believe it or not, returns tomorrow, kicking off with the Chiefs and the Texans um, out there in Kansas City at Arrowhead. And I'm really excited about my guest lineup today. I got Michael Eaves from ESPN. He's a sports center anchor, a sports center anchor there. Uh, he's also worked for Spots. Fox Sports West out there in LA covered the Clippers and has been as a real veteran within this industry. We're also a part of NABJ, NABJ National Association of Black Journalists. Uh, second up, second up, coming up second, I got my man and former Cowboy and Jacksonville Jaguar, Barry Church. Uh, very excited about him, man. I've got to work with him at the Cowboys, so he's going to bring a former player's perspective on what to expect from this season. And then lastly, I got my man Marlon. Favorite uh, former LSU Tigers, so go Tigers, former New Orleans Saints who actually won a Super Bowl with them back in 2009. He's straight out of NOLA, one of my favorite, favorite people. Got the chance to work with him when I was down at Baton Rouge. So make sure y'all drop y'all questions down in the comments section. Um, like I said, very excited about today. Uh, before the show is over, make sure y'all go follow the Instagram, my, uh, the Crunch Time Instagram Live podcast on Spotify and also Apple Podcasts. So we'll get this thing rolling, man. I'm going to go ahead and add... My man, Michael Eves, straight out of Bristol, Connecticut, by way of K Kentucky. And like I said, he's a sports center anchor up there for the worldwide leader. Eves. What up, yo? What's up, man? What's going on? I ain't got no real complaints, man. Just trying to maintain these COVID streets. Boy, you know, we're crazy down here in Dallas, man. You know, I ain't been nowhere, man. Yeah, I feel you, man. Like, I, I, same thing here. Like, I've, I've been trying to do my part so we can all get back to what we want to do. Because right. I feel like so many people aren't doing their part, but it is what it is, man. It is what it is. Yeah, we just got to make it work, man. I know you're working pretty much. I, mean, I know you're still doing sports center. You're still going into the studio, going to the office. So how has the, how's that been for you, man? I know we were last on that call about a few months ago, but has, has anything changed yeah. at all in anything? Yeah, it's, it's a little more active now just because we have um, more games and stuff back. Did I lose my feed? I just see your face. I hear you, though. There we go. I got you. I got you, man. Um, yep. Yeah, like now that we have more games being played, it sort of feels like we're back to our normal rotation of shows, although campus, as we call it in Bristol, still didn't mm -hmm. have people on it. But at least the normal rotation of sports centers and coming on after live games and having a show full of highlights as opposed to like feature stories and stuff like that, it's somewhat back to normal. But I don't think anything's going to be normal, normal to at least 21. I understand, man. Well, we are kind of getting yeah. back to normal a little bit. You know, tomorrow the NFL kicks off, man. You got yep. Kansas City and Houston, man. So what's your most intriguing storyline for this season, man? Uh, I think it's Cam Newton in New England hmm. uh, because I think a couple things are going to be proven or uh, dispelled is that Tom Brady was there for so long and he was with Bill Belichick for so long. And even Josh McDaniels, if you know, even though you, he's been a head coach and came back to New England, that it was so much right. the system, is it Belichick, is it Brady, where you're about, you're about to find out who it really was in that regard. Exactly. But also with Cam Newton, I mean, a former MVP, and then all of a sudden he gets hurt and people think he's trash and he can't play anymore. So we're <laughs> going to find out if he can actually play. And if he can go there with that team and succeed, then that's going to say so much about him as much as it does the Patriots, right? Like, is, <laughs> is Edelman that dude? We, is he going to be the same dude with Cam that he was with Tom Brady? We don't know. Gronk ain't there. Gronk's down with Brady in Tampa, right? So, so much is going to be revealed uh, there in New England with Cam going to the Patriots. And they just cut Muhammad Sanu, too. So, it's like, who is he really throwing to? You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying, right? But, like, <laughs> Brady got so much credit, and quite honestly, deservedly so, mm -hmm. for, A, making uh, players better, but that's what great players are supposed to do, and exactly. turning what a lot of teams deemed as average talent into yeah. Pro Bowl caliber talent, right? right? So can Cam do that as well? That'll speak to his level of um, productivity and capability in the league if he can do the same thing. But also, is it the system there in New England? Can anybody come in there and be successful? I, I don't think that's the case. But we're also talking about a former MVP. We're not talking about just, you know, 
any other quarterback. It's not Brian Hoyer. It's not Jared Stidham. It's a legit uh, MVP coming there a few years removed from that. So we're going to find out so much about that particular era of Patriots football based on what happens with Cam there and Tom gone. Well, specifically with Cam, like he didn't have much time, obviously, you know, he was been there for about two or three weeks. So he ain't really have much time to get acclimated to the, the Patriot way, even though Bill Pelichick said he's acclimated just fine now. So how do you think he's going to be able to fare or even get adjusted to even the game speed? Because like I said, he was out pretty much the entire year last year with being injured, right. but now he yeah. has to get back in with no preseason game, no live reps or anything like that. I mean, based on what Bill Belichick has said up until this point and uh, Josh McDaniels as well, they're doing nothing but raving about Cam Newton. And, you know, hyperbole is not in Bill Belichick's uh, tool chest. Even for Tom Brady, he didn't talk about necessarily how great he was all the time, but he was just raving about Cam Newton. So if Bill Belichick sees that, then I would assume that he's up to speed to Belichick's satisfaction. But you won't really know, Ben, until we play some games, right? You right. won't really know until these dudes are out there on the field. Like you mentioned, no preseason games. Like, like yeah. sometimes, like as fans, we hate preseason games because typically we don't see the dudes out there long enough anyway. Right. But does a dude like Cam need a preseason game? Does Tom Brady need a preseason game with Bruce Arians and his dudes out in Tampa? We're going to find out because it is week right. one and everybody's got to go. Yeah, that kind of leads my, to my next question, man. On the contrary, man, how do you think t uh, Tom Brady's going to do down there? I mean, they just added Leonard Fournette. Um, they have Gronkowski and Mike Evans. So he has a nice little uh, uh, arsenal of weapons and, uh, to go along with Bruce Aarons as well, who's a really good offensive uh, mind. I think they'll do well. I mean, do they win the division over the Saints? Maybe, maybe not, right? <laughs> but if Tom Brady goes there in his first year and gets to the playoffs, I think that's a huge accomplishment, uh, even for someone who's won six Super Bowl rings. So – I think they should play well because of, you know, whether Leonard Fournette brings a lot of production to that team or not, you don't really know. But, like, from a, from a pass-catching standpoint, yeah. uh, he's got dudes to throw the ball to, right? They yeah. had dudes last year. Jameis, I mean, you look at Jameis Winston, you take away his interceptions, he still had 30-plus touchdowns, right? So yeah. if Tom Brady can go down and throw those same dudes, you would think he would um, be able to perform even in that new system in a short period of time. But I don't know if they're good enough to beat the Saints, in that division. I don't know. That'd be a tall task. Yeah, I understand. This is uh, Mike Eve from uh, Sports Center ESPN. Uh, it's anchor up there in Bristol. If you have any questions for Mike, go and drop it right there in the comment section. Hey, Mike, man, um, obviously 2020 in terms of the race, racism and everything has been a lot of ups and downs, but for the NFL, it seemed like they finally kind of come around and acknowledge like what Kaepernick and those guys were kneeling for, um, especially like Roger Goodell and the owners and everything. You know, how how do you think the NFL can possibly build on what they've been able to accomplish? You know, specifically, I'm even thinking about Washington changing, getting rid of its mascot, the Redskins. I don't know if the league is necessarily going to build as much as it will follow. And what it has done has followed the lead of its players. And that's right. basically what Roger Goodell admitted to, saying that he didn't listen to Colin Kaepernick several years ago. And for whatever reason, maybe because maybe he needed to see George Floyd murdered on the streets of Minneapolis. Maybe he needed to actually see that to get what these dudes have been talking about because nothing's changed in terms of the message and the reasons that they've been, you know, wanting to go out into the streets and protest and bring attention to this. So that regard, nothing has changed. The only thing that has changed is leagues like, oh, everyone likes this now. Everyone's cool with this. Or the majority of Americans are cool with this. So we're going to get on board and let these dudes do the thing. I think they're just going to follow the lead of the player. So whatever these guys and ask of the league, I think the league will follow. I, I would be shocked if Roger Goodell and an ownership group came to the Players Coalition or select uh, number of players with an idea how to advance the initiative. That's not how they roll. They're, right. they're following the lead of the players, and I think that's going to continue. Because here's the deal, though. Not every owner is still down with it, including Jerry Jones. Right? <laughs> so Roger yeah. Goodell can only do so much. Like, he reps the 32 owners. So if he don't mm -hmm. have the majority on his side, ain't much he can do with that. Right. Right, right. I totally agree, man. We'll, but we'll just see what happens, man. I know he recently, Jerry, he actually, actually, he's going to allow his players to kneel. We're going to see how they, how my former employer and those guys uh, do that. We got, a, we got a question from Global Global Kid Media. He says, NFL has many African-American execs, so why did they not help push for Colin to have more opportunities earlier? Well, his statement is actually false. The NFL does not have a lot of black uh, executives, and that's one issue that the league has. Despite the representation on the field, this has been a problem for decades in terms of being A, coordinators, 
then head coaches, and then executives in the offices that are making decisions relative to personnel. The NFL does not have enough black voices in that regard, nor does the league office. Troy Benson's the highest ranking uh, person of color they have at the NFL, mm-hmm. but his power is also limited. Um, that's been a problem. But it's so much about acceptance from the public when you're running a business. And that's what most of these NFL owners are so scared of. You know, when all this stuff was happening because you were the president tweeting about it, you're like, oh, well, we don't want to, we don't want to, you know, make somebody mad. Well, people are already mad, though. What about the people who <laughs> right. are already mad? Right, right. What right, about right. those people? They don't count? Like, black right. people don't watch the NFL? They, mm-hmm. they don't go to Saints games? Like, come on, man. So, in that regard, you, you, they needed to get to a point where they felt as if the public accepted it enough for mm-hmm. the players, for them to allow the players to do whatever they wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's such 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 a great line, you know, for those guys to kind of tote. But you know, we're going to see what happens this year. I mean, I think, you know, we'll see if the NFL does seem like they they will build on what they what they've uh, been able to accomplish or acknowledge, I should say. Even right. what you think about Colin Kaepernick being added to Madden uh, this this season? <laughs> I mean, it's like way to go, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's. Yeah, it is what it is, man. It's just I, – I think in some regards, that's probably EA Sports trying to capitalize on something, quite honestly. Yeah, that's exactly like, what it is. Exactly. They see that. It's like, oh, you know, more kids maybe buy the game because he's on there or whatever. But dude should have never been out the league, man. Real talk. Exactly. And that's going to be a stain on the history of the NFL. And, hey, man, this is Mike Eves from ESPN. Go and drop your questions in the comment section for him. Mike, this is my last question for you, man. What's your Super Bowl yeah. prediction for the season? Uh. Well, I ain't going against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, so that's number one. Um, <laughs> the NFC, though, that's where it really gets a little more dicey because um, I'm a huge believer in Russell Wilson, man. If that dude has any type of help whatsoever, I would. it's hard to bet against him. Can Drew Brees live up to the production he's had over the last several years as he's gotten older? How will right. Alvin Kamara be affected by his contract situation? da 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 da, da. And then yeah. – if it's not the Saints coming out of the division, could it be Tom Brady and the Bucks? Ugh. If you're asking me to pick a team right now, I'd probably go with Seattle just because I think mm-hmm. I have more confidence in Russell Wilson and the squad as a whole compared to most of these other teams in the NFC. Everyone else is just, eh. It's just out there. What about Dallas, man? You know, they're, they're getting a lot of noise. You know, Mike McCarthy, C.D. Lamb, you ain't fooling with him. You ain't, you ain't drinking Kool-Aid. <laughs> no, nah, dude. It's like this. It, we've been waiting on these. We've been waiting on this team for a, for Forever, a minute, bro. Man. I'm sorry. Forever, bro. I don't care yeah. who the coach was, who the quarterback was. <laughs> they keep running the same things, right? So right. until Dak Prescott proves to me that he can go out there and win a game by himself, because right. that's what's needed sometimes there in Dallas. I can't put no, I can't put no faith in them, man. I can't. Show me something before <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna put my neck out for you. I know just being down here and formally working for the team, you know, everybody's really excited, especially with the addition. They're excited every year, bro. Man, they're this, excited this, this every year in Dallas. This, this they think, oh, man. this year different. Oh, we this year we different. Yes, you know what they sound like? They sound like Knicks fans. You know? <laughs> Pretty much cut from the same cloth. It's the same real. thing. <laughs> right. Now, Mike, are you from Kentucky? Are you from for Kentucky? Real. Are you from Kentucky? Yeah, born and raised. Born and raised. Okay. Are you a Bengals fan yep. or you a Bengals fan? So what? What you think about Joe Burrow, man? How's he gonna do? No, I can't stand anything about Cincinnati. Not the city, not the skyline, chili, not the teams. I hate all things Cincinnati. So, mm. um, I think I don't know. I wasn't as big on Joe Burrow as a lot of other people were. Quite yeah. honestly, despite what he did in that one year, this last year at LSU, let me say this. For him, I hope he does well because I think he's a good kid. Yeah. But that's a lot of work to be done in Cincinnati, man. The Bengals, like, from a franchise standpoint, they got issues that go way, well beyond football. And I don't know if, if he, by himself, this early, is capable mm-hmm. of getting past all that. No, I got, I got no faith in Cincinnati. Plus, I hate <laughs> him, so it's all good. Hey, Mike, man, appreciate you hopping on with me, man, taking time out of your busy schedule, man. We'll talk soon, okay, man? All right, sounds good, man. All right, thanks, Mike. Appreciate you, bro. All right. Yes, sir. All right, man, that was Michael Eves, uh, ESPN Sports Center anchor, uh, straight out of Bristol, Connecticut, man. Great insight. Uh, obviously, he's up there in the Northeast, so he had a lot of insight on the New England Patriots and their whole type of situation, man. So up next, I got one of my favorite people in the whole wide world I was able to Build a really good relationship with him, man. Uh, former Dallas Cowboys safety, uh, Barry Church, man. Really good dude, man. Straight out of Pittsburgh, PA. 
Uh, also played for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he's still based out of here in Dallas, man. So excited to get him on here. So I'm going to talk some Cowboys stuff and also some NMC talk as well. B Church. Yeah, what's happening, man? What's up, man? Finally got those technical difficulties worked out, bro. I know. I was uh, I was there the whole time. I was like, man, what's I up with my boy trying to... <laughs> I don't know why I wouldn't let you... Instagram be tripping, bro. You know what I mean? Hey, yeah, thanks for hopping over, man. I know you just, just got back from Lake Tahoe, man. You had a great time out there, man. So thank hey, man, you. Man, it was awesome, me, man. man. Oh, no doubt. No problem, man. You know you're my boy, so anytime, <laughs> man, anytime. Hey, how was it out there, man? I know it was a nice little vibe out there. Oh, it was amazing, man. That was my first time going out there, and um, I didn't know it was – I mean, it was so beautiful out there. The mountains, I didn't know there was all that skiing out there, and, of course, the lake. I mean, it's so right. crystal clear. I mean, there's some points you can see, like, 60 feet down there. I mean, it's, it's unreal. Great. I mean, I, I, would, I would have definitely uh, suggested for anybody who's looking for a vacation or something like that. Man, that's crazy, man. So, obviously, you get to go on stuff like that because you retired, man. You know, so. <laughs> so, what's the word around the league, man? I know you talk to a lot of your former teammates, a lot of your friends. So, what they going through right now, man? Oh, it's, it's, I mean, it's a crazy transition for everybody right now. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're going into the league. This, this kind of reminds me of, like, in 2011 when they had the lockout. Um, and, and cats didn't have, you know, OTAs, mini camp. I mean, they had training camp, but it was kind of abbreviated. Uh, so Cal going in there the same type of way with this situation, but they don't even get to have, you know, competition against other people. They don't get to have, you know what I'm saying? They don't have any preseason games or even inner squad, not inner squad scrimmages, but when teams come down, like when I was with the Cowboys, the Rams would come down for a couple of days and uh, go against us. So, I mean, they don't even get to get that. So it's, it's definitely something to transition into that, you know, for them, it's going to be, it's going to be sticky and it's going to be hard, but uh, you know, they'll get, they'll be able to get through it. They're professionals. How much do you think not having, you know, a full offseason and preseason game is going to affect the, the field of play, man? I know it's going to be – I'm a little nervous, man. I don't think it's going to be that good, but, you know, we'll see. You never know, man. <laughs> oh, I, you know, I think it's going to be affected a lot, man, because like I said before, with no OTAs, no mini camp, nothing – I mean, an abbreviated training camp where you're not going against somebody else, especially those rookies coming in. I mean, it's like right. – and especially with the cow, I mean, look at the Cowboys. They, you know, they got a whole new tra or coaching staff coming in there, so they got to learn a whole new system. But I think what's going to affect it is going to be kind of a sloppy play. I mean, there's going to be a lot of right. missed tackles, um, probably a lot of holding penalties, defensive pass interference, and that sort of stuff. Because I mean, there's not going to be a lot of contact throughout this whole off season, especially with this Corona going on. Right. Um, it's not doing a lot of tackling in practice, not, bro. Yeah, you ain't doing no, no tackling in practice. So for your first time to go out there and actually hit somebody. I mean, it's going to be in a full live game week one. So, I mean, All I right. think it's going to be, you know, a lot of missed tackles, a lot of sloppy play. But, shoot, you know, I'll be checking in. So, I mean, I'm sure the ratings yeah. won't dip at all. But um, as far nah, as the nah, they're going to be concerned, up, bro. You know, people are excited oh, about gonna, this yeah. football, man. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be – it's, hey, it's think, definitely going to be up. I'm thinking about when you came into the league, man, as an undrafted guy in 2010, man. Like, I can't even imagine – even the Cowboys had some guys make the team this year as undrafted guys. But, you know, you as a DB, man, you got to make your name – not only at practice, but on special teams and everything in preseason games. So can you imagine, like, if you would have had to try to make the team now, like, during this particular time? I know it would have been stupid crazy. I mean, it's – I mean, hats goes off to those cats that made it, that undrafted right now through this. I mean, because, like you said, I had so many opportunities as an undrafted guy. I had OTAs. I had mini camp. I had the whole preseason. I even had a fifth extra preseason game because of the right, Hall of Fame. So, right. mm -hmm. yeah, so I had, def I had a lot of opportunities to show the coaches what I got. Um, but with these guys, I mean, they got to beat out draft picks and veterans, and they only get, you know, four weeks, four, four or five weeks to do it. I mean, you right. gotta, I mean, you really got to be out there putting your, putting your stuff out on the board for the coaches to see it. And so, I mean, the, the accomplishment those young guys made this year, I mean, is, is definitely incredible because they only had a limited amount of time to show the coaches what they got. Right, right. Y'all, this is Barry Church, former Dallas Cowboys safety, Jacksonville, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars safety, currently – Co-host of the Players Lounge podcast. A shout out to Nui Scruggs and yeah, hey, my boy Nui, boys, man. Danny. Yeah, good people, man. You know, speaking of the no Cowboys, doubt, man, no doubt. we gotta get you on there. Speaking of that, we gotta get you on. Hey, let me back on, man. Yeah, we got in the building, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you can sneak in the back, man. You can sneak in the back. <laughs> right, 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 bro. So let's talk a little bit about the team, man. You know, obviously, you know they finished eight and eight last year. You know, you did post game. I produced the show and everything. So and you. You know, we were both doing cover four, so we were pretty much, you know, tied into the team. You know, yeah. how can they bounce back this year with a, a an approved roster, I think, in my opinion, and also a better coaching staff that's pretty much going to be paying a little bit more attention to the details and going to put guys in better positions to succeed. 
Well, I mean, first and foremost, this is definitely one of the most talented squads, I mean, I've ever seen on paper. But, yeah. I mean, we go back to, you know, 2000, ever since Dak and, and Zeke got there, I mean, they've been an extremely talented right. team. So, I mean, it, I don't think they got a chance. They got what it takes talent-wise to, you know, to get over that, that hump, so to speak, to get over that um, to that next rise or whatever. But I think what they got to do and what hurt them a lot last year was they just started out games extremely slow. I mean, there right. was games where – they should have blew the team. I mean, New York Jets, for example, they should have blew oh them out God. the water. But when they when they started out so slow, it just gave the other team confidence, and and they, and they ended up riding that wave until the end when they right. won. I mean, New England game. I know the weather was bad, but that was another slow start. So I mean, if if they can just get rid, of, I mean, Philly, the the the, the game that decided the division the was another. One. I mean, the last one was just a it was just a slow start overall. And uh, mm-hmm. I just feel like you know that's three games right there that were winnable games. But they ended up starting slow and just never kind of got over that hump. So I feel like, like what you said, the coaching staff there, um, his experience. You got McCarthy, who's he's been to the top. He's been to the top of the echelon. I mean, you got Bones Fossils, one of the best special teams coaches. Right. I mean, Mike Nolan's there. He's one of the best defensive coordinators. So they got what they needed as far as the coaching staff and the players. I think they just got to get that extra motivation, whatever it may be, to get you know the game started off fast and uh, in their right. way. Then um, I think they'll have the chance to uh, to get to that next to the next level. Cool, cool, cool. If y'all have any questions for Barry, go and drop it right there in the comment section. All right, Barry, let's talk about the defensive side of the ball and your old, your old position group. Um, a lot of kind of, it's a lot of, que- not to say a lot of question marks, but it's a lot of, you know, we don't really know what's going to happen, you know, with, you know, they got the new kid, uh, Diggs, straight out of Alabama, mm-hmm, and you got mm-hmm. Anthony Brown coming back from injury, but then that slot spot, they got Darryl Worley, free agent guy they just signed, but they really like Jordan Lewis, he's hurt, and then your safety spots, Xavier Woods has been a really good player. And then you got Darian Thompson at the other safety spot. But at the same time, it's like, uh, you really don't even know. It seems like mm-hmm. every level, I mean, they, even though this, they're going to be running a lot of 3-4 this year, that secondary still has a lot of question marks. Yeah, you're right, man. That, that secondary has a lot of question marks. And it's not the fact that it's just experience in there, because you got some of those young guys like Tavon Diggs. That's, that's supposedly, he's coming along great in camp right yeah. now. So hopefully he can he can go out there and do what he do. But um, I think with this, with this defense and the question marks with the secondary is just – it's just young right now, and they're gonna they're gonna have to they're gonna have to evolve around that that front seven, that defensive line, and that linebacking core. If that defensive line can play to the potential that we think they can, if Demarcus Lawrence can, you know, he had a little slump last year. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. you know we all know that he had a little slump, but if he's able to pick his game back up, I mean, you got Alden Smith on the other side from what you think from about all him, reports. Man? I was, I was him? one of the guys – I was one of the people that was – I was not drinking the Kool-Aid at first. I was, you know, this – you know, man, come on, five years? Five <laughs> years? Can he can he do that? No, he ain't yeah. going to be able to do that. But from all the they reports – He's been he dogging, has, man. He's been dogging. He's been balling out. So, if he's able to step his game up – I mean, I love the addition of Don Terry Poe. I wish uh, McCoy would have stayed healthy because with that extra beef added in that middle, it would allow them linebackers to just run sideline to sideline. So, I love the addition of Don Terry Poe in the middle. Should help that run defense. But if that runs, if that front seven is able to eat the way, you know, a lot of people are saying they can, that will alleviate a lot of the pressure from the secondary. And uh, we won't have to rely, rely so much on them. And I think this defense, at the end of the day, it'll be a top 10 defense, hopefully. And if that's the case, then the Cowboys are going places. You speak of the, uh, the front seven, man, a guy who's really pretty much did a 180 since last year, man. I know we dogged him a lot you know, a couple four and also the players lounge is Tristan Hill, man. Apparently, you know, I wish we would have had preseason games, at least see him. I know. All the reports out of the Cowboys camp, man, saying this dude, not even the same guy. This dude's coming in, asking extra questions with Tom Sula, you know, just trying to do his thing. So, I'll... I'm a little, uh, we'll see, bro. I'm not <laughs> cool on that just yet, bro. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hold off on that for a little bit. I mean, you're right. We did dog him last year, but rightfully so. I mean, he, he came in there, you know, not really um, knowing what to do in there in Marinelli's system, and he got in the doghouse quick. But um, like you said, with all these reports coming out of camp, he seems to be, you know, getting that dog back. He seems to be right. out of the doghouse, and he's really, you know, doing work down in those trenches. And uh, if the starting lineup, which they did drop, I think, yesterday, is accurate. He's, you know, just starting de tackle in there. So he must be doing something good at camp to show these new coaches that he's not the player he was last year. Cause right. we all know, That's man. Crazy. But I'm gonna wait. Crazy, I'm gonna hold off. I'm gonna hold off till after game one to see to see what the what the what the real deal is with uh, Tristan Hill. Right, right. So man, uh, th- looking at the division, man, we kinda talked about a little bit, you know, uh Washington, new coach, new quarterback, uh with Dwayne Hacks coming into his second year, first year as a starter. 
Um, they just released AP, so they have a lot of and fluctuation on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, I think they have a really good front seven. I think that's where they're going to hang their hat on. Um, the Giants, eh, you know, I ain't really worried about them, obviously, with Saquon and Daniel Jones and all those people. But, yeah, they probably won't win no more than seven games. So, looks like it's going to come down to Dallas and Philly once again for the NFC East, man. So, um, what do you think how that's going to play out this year, man? Man, to be, to be completely honest, if you were to ask this question about Three, four weeks ago, I'd have been like, man, that's going to be interesting. It's going to be a toss-up. I don't know what's going to happen with that. But in these past couple weeks, I mean, the Philadelphia has had a, a litany of injuries. I mean, they lost um, their Brooks, Brooks, one of their starting guards, who's one of the best guards in the NFL. Mm. Um, they lost their, their their young tackle, who was a promising young tackle. Lane. Yeah. yeah they, so, I mean, and then, I mean, also on draft, Jeffries is still hurting over there. So, and they lost a lot of key components to that offense. And um, I don't know if they're going to be able to hold up as far as playing with, with the Cowboys. Yeah, because, yeah, the Cowboys have a couple injuries here and there, but um, nothing that I think will sustain throughout the whole season. And uh, Philly has a couple of those already. So mm -hmm. I'm saying this is the Cowboys division to lose right now. I mean, they yeah. right now, if they can continue to stay healthy, I just don't see anybody in that division messing with them. But, I mean, we saw what happened last year. I was going to say, we saw, we <laughs> we saw the same conversation last year. Cowboys yeah, we saw. And, you know, that's exactly. Exactly. You know, so, I mean, we, you never know what could happen. But right now, I think it's, it's definitely the Cowboys to lose. Right. Looking at the offensive side of the ball now. Now, you played with Dak back in 2016, and he's definitely progressed since then, man. But it's been a lot of talk about his whole contract situation and everything about how he should be paid, should be paid up there with the upper echelon of quarterbacks. You know, Deshaun Watson just got paid, and obviously Patrick Mahomes signed a record-breaking deal, man. So, you know, where do you think Dak stands in that kind of echelon? Should he be up there with those guys, or is he like the next tier? Oh, I think he's definitely – he got to be – I wouldn't call him Mahomes, but I would say he's up there with Watson without a question. I mean, mm -hmm. um, look at what both of these guys have done once they come in the league. I think they're both one and two in playoffs, and yeah. I think um, they both have two division, division titles. So um, – or winning the division. So I definitely think um, Dak deserves to be paid at, to up there with him. I mean, I wouldn't give him the, you know, 500 or 500 million that, uh, you know, Sam Mahomes got, but he definitely <laughs> needs to be up there. He definitely needs to be up there with Watson for sure. I mean, this guy has improved um, every year since he's been in the league. And when he was my teammate in 2016, he came in and took over for, you know, Tony Romo in Dallas. And uh, he took that team away from him, basically. I mean, he, he came in there, he showed his leadership, and uh, he had all the veterans, you know, believing in him. And that's not an easy, easy feat to do at all. So I feel like um, on and off the field, he's a consummate pro, and he, need, and he should be um, paid as such. And, uh, but, yeah, I would definitely put him up there with Watson. I mean, they're, they're basically on the same career arc right now. Uh, so mm -hmm. it, ain't like it's, it ain't like Watson's leaps and bounds above him or anything like right. that. So he, he definitely deserves to get paid. Cool, cool. I got a question from my man Scott Rector. Uh, he says, have, have you heard anything about how salaries are having to be adjusted due to fans not being able to physically attend games? Have you heard um, anything well, about What I have heard is uh, without the fans being there for the most part of this year, I've, hit, I've had heard, and I'm sure a lot of people have heard, that the cap is going to be the most thing that's going to be hit next year. Um, they're mm -hmm. saying for the first time in league history since the merger, um, without no fans being there and with all that revenue being lost, that – um, the caps for each team next year could possibly go down. Now, that's not a fact. That's not for certain or anything like that. But that's what I've been hearing when it, with the results of uh, fans not being able to attend football games and that leaking down mm -hmm. to uh, the play, you know, the cap and everything like that. Right. And just so, so you know, for those who don't know, like, so I did some research in preparation for the show. Only six teams are actually going to have fans at the game starting off on week one. The Cowboys are one of them. And you're going to have a maximum of 25% uh you know at these games how do you think that's gonna be bro like having no really little to no fans how they gonna pull that off i mean that's gonna be i mean it, i think they'll be able to pull it off just because you know a lot of these you know it's, it's gonna be a lot of space in between people if you only get you know five thousand people in jerry right. world and you know he, it can hold ninety thousand. so i think they'll be able to work it that way the weird part i think is gonna be for the players man because I'm just going out there and hearing all the fans yelling and then people with yeah. the big hits and all that. I mean, it's, it, it gives you a boost. It gives you motivation to get out there. Right. And, I mean, when you're out there and you don't hear nothing but, you know, a couple <laughs> of cheers here and there, I mean, you're going to be like, man, this man is it's like practice. practice. Like, yeah, it's gonna be, it's, yeah, it's going to be hard to get up for that. So, yeah. I mean, it, I think it's definitely going to affect the players um, just as much as, you know, the fans not being there. Cool, cool. That's my last question for you, man. Um, if y'all have any more questions for Barry, go and drop it in the comment section now. Jerry Jones announced earlier this week that he'll allow his players to kneel during the national anthem. 
Um, you know, he was totally against that previously back in 2016 when you were part of the team when Kaepernick, you know, first did it, man. So what's your take on how things have shifted within the league and owners being more comfortable for players to, you know, express their, uh, I mean, to have a peaceful protest by kneeling? And I know, like I said, when you were there in 2016, that was a big issue. Mm -hmm. That was a big no-no. That was a big no-no. Yeah. Uh, but to be honest, man, I think, I think one thing has changed. I think back in uh, 2016 and 17 when Cap was doing the kneeling, uh, I feel like he had, he had, a, you know, he had support, but he only, you know, he had a couple of players on his team. He had a couple um, NFL players throughout the league doing it. Um, and, you know, a couple of people outside of football, but um, it wasn't really the majority or the masses of people doing it. So it didn't really affect the bottom line for the owners in that, in that situation. But right. fast forward, fast forward to 2020, four years later, I mean, you got this, you got the Black Lives uh, Matters movement is so strong throughout the, throughout this country, and not only this country, throughout the whole world that right. um, it's affected at the end of the day, it's going to affect the, the owner's bottom line. And I'm not saying all owners are like that. They're all, all they want to, you know, is about the money or anything like that. But I believe some of them are that way. And um, I think that, you know, once they saw that, man, this is affecting, you know, what we have coming in revenue wise. I mean, we need right. to get with, get, we need to get, we need to get on the right side of this before it gets ugly for everybody. So uh, I think they're definitely making the right choices of uh, being able to let the players um, decide how they want to protest. And you know, me and you both being part of a Cowboys organization, it's all about that money, bro. They're going to sell that team, bro. You already know at the end of the day, man. That's the fighter, you know, the, the, the wealthiest, you know, team, sports team in the, in the, in the world. I mean, yeah. <laughs> they got the ultimate business, man. So, I mean, he knows what he's doing back there, I guess. That's, that's good, man. Hey, B Church, thank you so much for hopping on with me, man. We'll wrap a little bit later. I'll call you offline once I get done tonight, okay? No doubt, man. Appreciate you, man. Thanks, Barry. Appreciate you, man. No doubt. Yep. All right, y'all, that's my man, Barry Church, former Dallas Cowboy and Jacksonville Jaguar safety. Uh, definitely some great insight of what to expect this year from the Dallas Cowboys. So coming up next, man, I'm very excited about this. One. I haven't talked to this guy in a minute. Uh, we've been friends on social for a while, but it'll be the first time we're actually talking uh, like this for a while, man. It's my man, Marlon Favors, straight out of NOLA, former LSU Tiger, Super Bowl champion with the New Orleans Saints, man. Definitely one of my favorite people, man. He, he works for the LSU Sports, Sports Radio Network out there and Baton Rouge. So I'm excited to get him going. We're definitely going to rap about some Saints and NFC South and whatever else is going on, man. He's going to tell me a story about how he got recruited by Coach Oak, man. Definitely one of the dopest stories I've ever heard. Oh, yeah, there he is. What's up, man? <laughs> What's good, bro? All is well, man. How you making up? I'm good, man. Thanks for hopping on with me, man. Taking time out of your busy schedule. Talk to football, man. Good to see you, man. We ain't seen each other since the signing day show back in 2017, man. And it's been a minute well overdue. How's life going, man? How's everything going? Man, we good out here in Dallas, man. You know, daughter get big and, you know, just, just been in quarantine, bro. Just trying to make it work, man. You know how it go. That's how it goes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. So let's hop into this thing, man. So, like, you know, what's been the what is what do you think has been the biggest challenge for players and coaches, you know, just kind of getting ready for the season? Man, you've been a former player. I know you have a really good uh, understanding of what's going on. I think just really taking care of the logistics is going to be bigger than anything else. In a normal situation, uh, you know, you would have guys come in on Tuesdays and, uh, you know, maybe some on Wednesdays in the middle of the week, you'll have guys work out. You know, I remember, it's crazy, my longest stint on one team in the NFL was when I was with the Cowboys, uh, excuse me, when I was with, uh, with Kansas City. And, uh, I remember, like, every week it was about, it was about four or five D tackles that they were working out. Mm -hmm. You know, just constantly wow. having a rotation of guys coming in. So with the COVID, I think that will probably be the biggest adjustment. You really have to, you know, narrow your list down, uh, to, you know, to the guys that you want to roll with and, and go from there. You can't have that rotation getting guys off the street like, like you right. used to. <laughs> you know, that right. sort of, so that total call, like, a guy get injured or a guy gets COVID, what's the next move? Like, how right. we going to do this? <laughs> right. Yeah. And there's not enough time in between, man, because everybody's just been on, just going like 150 miles per hour since they've been back in camp the last two or three weeks. Not at all. It's, just, it's been just rolling. Just, they, they're just preparing for the unknown. <laughs> Hello, <Right>. somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Great, bro. Great. If y'all have any questions for Marlon, man, go and drop it right there in the comment section, man. So 
Molly, you down there in New Orleans, man, you know, in Louisiana and all that. So, obviously, you're covering the Saints. You got a good scoop on them, man. So, how can they bounce back from two disappointing losses in the playoffs the last few years, man? Oh, man, I want to give a shout-out to the home of Global Kid Media. I met him down at the Super Bowl with the broadcast. The kid got a bright future. Um, just, just being down here in New Orleans and, and knowing this team, I think this is the best position they've been in um, since those two disappointing seasons. And it has a lot to do with the coronavirus. I mm -hmm. think their offense and their defense have the most returning starters, right? Yeah. So this matter that we have, exactly, our continuity, familiarity is not, you only had a few inserts, okay? You have a rookie you drafted in Cesar Ruiz. He's starting. So that was the most guard-center-ready guy that they can get, much needed. And then you have a guy like, you have a guy like um, um, Emmanuel Sanders. He comes in, but hey, it's just right. really a new guy, Rowtree. Everybody else is already there on a defense. You have right. all the right. So I think this is a that is what's in the Saints' favor. Um, you got three quarterbacks. You know, Coach Payton likes to go crazy with the plays. Best so, quarterback situation in the league, bro. They do. So they're an interesting story. I look forward to checking them out this season. That's good, man. That's good, man. Um, so what about the South, man? You know, obviously, you know, y'all division got a lot better with Brady. You know, I mean, obviously Atlanta's going to be Atlanta with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, and, you know, they added Todd Gurley. But, you know, is this the best division of football probably other than, would you say, the NFC West? It is. This, this division is going to be the most competitive. I think if you look at the addition of Todd Gurley in Atlanta, um, and their defense is pretty good there. You, I mean, I know they have a rookie in A.J. Uh, Terrell, uh, that they drafted. He's going to start. I think he's a plug-and-play guy. Uh, like that guy down there in Dallas, uh, whose last name is Big. We'll get into him. And Tom Brady has weapons, bro. Man, he has Gronk, mm -hmm. OJ the Juice Man, Howard. He has Goodwin. Yeah. He also has Mike Evans. So it's going to be a matchup headache like I don't think Tom, probably when he had Randy Moss and that crew, I don't think he's ever had a receiving core that's potent. Combination of young guys. So that's an interesting story in Tampa. And then lastly, Carolina, um, you know, with Teddy Bridgewater, it's going to be interesting to see what Joe Brady does with that uh, prolific offense LSU ran last year. Right. Uh, going into this season here, I think we have a team that, you have a lot of newness. So that's why I'm missing right. them last year. A new head coach in Matt Rule, a new offensive coordinator, Joe Brady. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, he's experienced. He started in this league before, but right. you got Christian McCaffrey. So it, it, it is the most competitive. And next, I would mention the NFC West. And then you'll mention mm -hmm. some AFC teams in here and as a sprinkle. Kind of like yeah. over exaggerated basketball, but we tackle. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm just really, really interested to see how Tampa does, man, because like you said, I kind of forgot about O.J. Howard because he's been lost in the shuffle, man. He was a dog at Bama, and now you add him along with Gronk, so it's kind of like what Brady had up there with Aaron Hernandez and Gronk, you know what I mean? That two-headed monster at the tight end position, and then you add Evans, and then you got Goodwin, and like, and then we didn't even talk about Fournette and the other two backs they got, so, you know, they're going to be definitely a monster to handle. McCoy, Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, a defense, you know, V to V and the Diamond Kunsu up front taking inside the trenches. It's Jason Pierre Paul. And Devin White. Devin White, David. It's 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 a lot. It's it's a it's gonna Tampa. I will say the Tampa and the Saints game is probably gonna be the game to watch more than Saints in Atlanta. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Like, like I said, Atlanta, they're going to be like at that 9-7, and 10-6, whatever. But, no, that Tampa and Saints game, especially in the dumb world, ain't going to be that many fans, which is going to suck. But, you know, it's still going to be pretty live out there, man. It's, it's going to be live. And like I said, I'm just really interested in seeing that offense against some of these matchups. Right, right. Now, looking around the league, who do you see as a team that could possibly sneak up on people like the Titans did last year? Now, Count your guests that came in before me. You had the dog, 
my dog beat church. We never met, but guess what, man? That, that boy ball for them cowboys. And his dad Mike come on, and Mike was like, man, the cowboys tough. And I'm like, hold on, man. I think that's the surprise team. Mm. That's one of the surprise teams. You have Mike McCarthy, a new head coach, so it's a whole new face that this guy's won a Super Bowl before. Uh, I'm not building false hope for the Cowboy fans who might be out there. I'm just saying. Um, you have a potent receiver core. You got CeeDee Lamb. You got Michael Gallup. You got Lamar Cooper. You got Ezekiel Elliott. You have Dak Prescott. You got an offensive line. You got a defensive line. You got DeMar. You got Pope there. He was a dog in Atlanta interior rush. Yeah. You got, you got uh, D. Lawrence. All the Smith, you know, he's coming off. He 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 first day out like Gucci man, you heard me? So it's it, it's interesting. He he first day out. He he right off the probation list. Coming off the head rush. The linebackers in the middle? Yeah. Are you serious? They, so their team now now another team I like to mention, I'll just throw this one out there as a teaser mention. I had Patrick Peterson on live a while ago, man, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Colin Murray is a guy, I think, he quietly sneaks to the – he may put a toe in that back with first-tier quarterbacks. Give or take how the season start off for him. You got the Hopkins there now, Fitzgerald still Fitzgerald. Decent running game. Defense is uh, good, particularly in the secondary. So their team to watch in that West, that competitive West we talked about. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm just kind of thinking about the Ravens right now, man. Um, you know, they've had – obviously, they went 15-1 last year, had the first round by, had Lamar Jackson. Then they straight up pooped the bid when Tennessee came rolling through, man. So, you know, how do you think they're going to be able to bounce back? Because this is two years in a row where they've had a pretty good year and then they went into the playoffs and it just didn't pan out for them. They're one of the top defenses, if not the top defense coming in the NFL this year. You got Kansas City. I think New Orleans defense is going to make some noise, and there's a couple other defenses to mention across the league, San Francisco being one. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think what they provide, um, Baltimore defense is good in that addition of Lamar Jackson. So mm-hmm. Baltimore's a team that's right there. I think if you're thinking an uh, easy guess, I mean, my son, my, my baby boy, Titan Dallas, the youngest of the three, he, he'll guess – yeah. Dad, I think I think the Chiefs and the Ravens might be an AFC game. <laughs> like, cause mm-hmm. it, it, especially if that defense is – because Lamar's going to do this thing. He has the receiving core. He has running yeah. backs, plural. Shouts out to the homie Mark Ingram. I drafted him this year on my fantasy football team. My <laughs> big Mark. Yeah, big Mark. You yeah, know, yeah, big yeah, trust. Yeah. Right? Big trust. That's what they say, yeah. <laughs> Man, what's an what's underrated player, man, that not a lot of people are talking about who could have a breakout season this year, man? I know you might want to go to quarterback route, receiver route. Who you thinking, man? Who you think is going to have a breakout year this year that nobody's really talking about? Well, Ben, I can tell you, you're somewhat of a mind reader because I was definitely going wide receiver. I think the guy no one is talking about, and I just missed him on my fantasy, is DJ Chark, right out of Jacksonville, LSU guy. Mm. He's someone I think okay. quietly – uh, will make some noise. Uh, and, and down there in Jacksonville, no more Leonard Fournette. They're going to try to find some type of identity on offense. And he's a speedster. Uh, he's someone who had a decent season last year, had a little more responsibility yeah. now. Problem, right? I, think, I think on the um, – I think he was on the option list, if I'm not mistaken. He might have – Okay, okay. I think he was added after someone didn't participate. I'm going to go fact check that, but I think you're right. Okay. He's somebody yeah, yeah. that watch out for. He, he he's sneaky. He's he's Adam Thielen sneaky. Speaking of Adam Thielen, I think Justin Jefferson made some noise out there with the Vikings. So man, it's, man, hey it's, man, listen, I you know my last year at LSU, man, he was a freshman, and I just remember seeing him. I was like, dude, like you ain't about to do nothing. You know, he he wore like number thirty-seven. You know, as a freshman, yeah. he barely got any tick. And I feel like, like when he got as a junior, I feel like he grew, like he got taller, and he got bigger. Yeah. And obviously, once he got in the slot, he was cooking. And I think he's gonna do the same thing in Minnesota. Yeah, he is. He's he's one of those, those kids. I remember covering him. I was doing CST Cox four games of the week, and at the time you had um, 
Jordan Jefferson, his older brother, he was there at Despaham coaching the quarterback. Right. I remember, I'm like, man, your little brother got off in this game. He was like, oh, yeah, he's straight. You, you might check him out. And, you know, I know he was on a bubble with there were two guys at LSU kind of came on a great shirt deal right. and just worked into one of the nation's best receiver and first round draft pick. Sick. Man, <laughs> right out of St. Rose, that's after the folks over there right past the airport down here in New Orleans. <laughs> it's crazy just to see, like, like we'll get into that later, but it's just crazy to see him, the maturation that he got, the, the maturation that he went through to get to where he is. And also, when you look at Clyde in Kansas City, I think he's going to cook with Patrick Mahomes and Andrew Reed calling the, calling the shots out there, man. Yeah, Big Rig, shout out to Coach Rig, man. He he watched that LSU uh, play, them, 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 them games last year for the Tigers. Like, oh, I could do yeah. something with this kid. You know, Patrick Mahomes was watching them too, because that's what I heard he called for him. Oh, for real? Yeah. He's a sneaky player too. Like, he might be that rookie of the year candidate type deal. Like, he, he, he really showed me something. I remember a few years, make a long story short, I was talking with him and Daryl Williams, ironically. Yeah, dirty, yeah, yeah. Because mm -hmm. at that time, it was Darius guys living for it. And I'm like, man, y'all boys keep working. They looked at each other, kind of shook their head. They were youngsters then. Daryl had a one good year at LSU. Now he's going into his third season. Active roster yeah, free agent. Too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he lost a lot of weight and got better. Went got him a ring. And mm -hmm. shoot, man, Clyde's story, you know, is nothing less than great. So, <laughs> yeah, that's that's what's up, bro. Like, I'm happy for those guys. They'll be fun to watch this year. Absolutely, man. So, what's your what's your, what's your Super Bowl prediction this year, man? If y'all have any questions for Marlon, go and drop it in the comment section. I'm about to wrap up in a second. So, what's your Super Bowl uh, prediction this year, man? Ooh, and I saw I saw this one, and I've I've been thinking hard on. I, I remember how last year went high finish, so I'm like, you know what? The Chiefs are going back, and then I'm like, <laughs> what? What NFC team? Chiefs. I'm being honest, which is either the, I'm not. I don't think Tennessee is going to do it. I think Houston may make it to the AFC Championship, but mm. Baltimore or Kansas City is going AFC. And then, okay. man, Russell Wilson kept popping up in my head, and and then I'm like, man, but but is this defense right where it needs to be? And then I'm like, you know, could Tom Brady go to Tampa? And Tampa would it be somebody out this vicious NFC South. And then I said. Oh, win the Saints. Go, Martin. Ah, oh, win the Saints. Go, Martin. Oh, I want to be in the number. Yeah. I think, I think the Super Bowl, everybody wanted to see last year was those high-powered offenses in Kansas yeah, City. Yeah, everybody wanted to see. Yeah. Ballin'. So that, that would be a cool and then the insult to injure the Super Bowl in Tampa this year. So. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, We'll see, what, we'll see what happens with that, man. I got a question for you from uh, Mouth of the South, man. He says, how do you feel about Marcus Fulton in Tennessee? A rookie out of LSU who uh, got drafted by them this year. Yeah, Christian Fulton. Right West Christian, Bank. Yeah, Christian Fulton, yes. He another West Bank. I think he's someone that comes in and he's a day one starter. Uh, they needed a lockup corner. I watched them uh, late, heavy in the season last year. A couple of games down the stretch, I saw that was a weak spot for them. Uh, later on in the season. So I, I think he comes in, he provides them that lock-in corner, first-round talent. So it's, he's definitely a skill. And uh, he has the, the, the knowledge and the speed and the technique to play good 10 years in the league. So they, they got a good lockdown corner. Yeah, I want to see how they do this year, man, and in terms of how, like, especially with Ryan Tannehill, is that going to be a fluke? Was last year a fluke? Or are you really just going to really kind of build off of what you did or are you going to revert revert back to, like, how you was in Miami, man? So uh, I got this last thing for you, man. I know last time we saw each other, we were doing a signing day show a couple years ago, man. He told me about the story of how Coach O, Ogeron, LSU head coach, uh, he was at SC at the time, but he came there the whole time, recruited you, man. You said you almost went. So just kind of tell me. How did all that happen, man? Well, I think it was more about Ed Ogeron and how excellent a recruiter he is. And mm -hmm. he gives you this sense of comfortability. And I think if I was an older guy, like if this was like an NFL team trying to scout me, I would jump more. But LSU and SC, if you remember that year, they both were, uh, they both were uh, split national champions. So it was like, you know, Coach Ed, or if he was a head coach at the time, I probably would have, lean more towards it, but, you know, it was just so attractive going 
at the hometown. We fresh off the natty. They got guys like Scott Green from the West Bank, Craig Davis. And it, it was just, at the time, LSU uh, was a better choice. But I, I would say it was very close with SC because, you know, shout out to Edo. He does an amazing job recruiting. Yeah. He said he came in, had that gold watch on. He's sweet talking to you, huh? Gold watch came, fish him a plate of red beans, warmed it up himself. You know, you know, he asked where the cups was at, made himself at home. You know, sat down, was eating, watching, you know, he, hey, brother, the dude, he do it, man. He, <laughs> let me tell you something. I know when he goes, if it's down the stretch with anybody, it's, he, he, it is time for those two head coaches at separate days to sit down with the family. Mm -hmm. Boy, everybody got brought their money with over. They've been that way. They've been that way. Wow. That's crazy, man. That's crazy, man. Hey, Marlon, man, thanks for hopping on with me, man. Appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. We'll talk soon, man, okay? And let me know Let me know if you need me to hop on your podcast, too, bro. I was just going to ask you that, man. I need you to come on inside the treasure, bro. Like they, they jump me down here with the Cowboys, and I talk about them on the radio down here. So you got to come on the show and just make what I'm saying make sense because nobody got in a 504 on here. I don't know what's going on. Hey, bro, just let me know, man. I'll have another thing with you. No problem, bro. Man, that's a bet, bro. Thanks for having me on, bro. Nice show, no problem, man. man. We'll talk. Yes, sir, man. We'll talk soon, okay? Honey. Yes, sir. All right, y'all. Thank y'all so, so much for joining me today on today's show, man. Uh, shout out to my special guests, Michael Eves, Barry Church, and Marlon Favorite for hopping on with me to talk about uh, the NFL as it gets going tomorrow night. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs hosts the Houston, Texas out there in Kansas City, man. So make sure y'all subscribe to uh, the Crunch Time Instagram Live podcast on Apple Podcasts and also Spotify. Uh, if y'all have any suggestions for me, go ahead and DM me how I can make the show better. Um, if I had any issues tonight with any audio things, I apologize for that because you know how Instagram acts sometimes. So uh, for myself and for my special guests, thank you for thank you for watching and listening to, to the Crunch Time Instagram Live podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Bullock. Y'all stay good and y'all be easy.